stage five. Oh, hello. Um, this is Phil, your host of the show. As some of you may know, and for our brand new listeners who decided to tune in to episode uh, five of season three of the show, um, interesting choice, interesting starting point, but I'm happy to have you here. How you guys doing? This episode was late. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, I was on vacation, went to uh, went to the West Coast, went to Tofino, uh, went the ocean, Pacific. Uh, I didn't surf, but I, I looked at people surfing. I think that's just as good. Saw some whales. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I got back and work was crazy. So, uh, yeah, I just didn't have a chance. I was feeling just tired from all of that jazz. So, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that when I'm recording these episodes, I'm not, I'm not giving you something half-assed or, or something that's not going to be a proper demonstration of my mindset or whatever the fuck I'm, I'm trying to say right now. The irony being that, uh, as I am currently recording, um, I'm quite hungover, uh, so it's probably gonna be kind of a shitty episode anyway, <laughs> but, you know, it, that, that's fine. Um, it is my birthday in a few days, so I, I had a little barbecue situation last night, Thanks to everyone who came. It was lovely. And yeah, I'm just feeling exhausted. And my head hurts. And my tummy feels funny. But we're going to power through. And we're going to have a great time anyway. Okay? If you're good with that, I'm good with that. Hope you've all been well. I think we uh, will get started. Let's start talking. By the way, in case it isn't clear. I know it's like almost the middle of May now. Uh, but this is in regards to April 2023's records. So, let's talk about some music and stuff. Uh, okay, thanks for listening. Once again, I apologize for the lateness. And I also apologize for how out of it I am today. Um, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And hope for the best. PH5, Phil May, kick it into gear, let's go. Okay, uh, so, starting off with number five, I'm just gonna alienate everyone right off the bat um, on this month's episode. Going pretty deep into my Metal Guy bag here. Number five for April 2023 is the album Black Medium Current by Dodd Heimsgard. <laughs> I might be saying that right, I might be saying that wrong. I don't really care, either way. Um, so they're from Europe somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and guess one of the Scandinavian countries. And they're this interesting kind of elusive, we'll call them 
uh, creative uh, black metal band, maybe like an experimental black metal band. Um, they've been around for quite some time, but they have a very, uh, I guess, stringent might be the word, release schedule for their records. Typically taken around eight years between records. Kind of like the tool for uh, weird European guys. So this new record is uh, really weird and strange. It's definitely has its roots in black metal, but they really just do whatever they kind of want on this record. And that's what I find really interesting and kind of fun about it is uh, they're not afraid to bring in some very unexpected influences and in sounds. For example, uh, the first song starts off as a fairly tame black metal offering. Um, before getting to the end, uh, going into a part that almost sounds like a like a like a Van Halen B-side in the the jump era, some kind of cheesy synths, um, just you know cheese. This band is not afraid to incorporate some cheese into their work. Uh, they ought to call themselves uh, Nacho Metal. Oof, that was rough. Um, it's a strange record. It's esoteric as hell, for sure. If you don't like black metal, if you don't like music getting weird, you're not really going to like this. So I'd say don't even bother with it. If uh, there's even the remote chance that you think you won't like it, you probably won't. But I will say, for those of you who are adventurous enough and brave enough to take it on, it is definitely a fascinating, fascinating record um, that is also surprisingly emotional as well. It's weird, um, a bit kooky, and I don't know, I feel like parts of it, you can tell they're not taking themselves too seriously, but they managed to mine some really interesting emotional territory. Um, I don't know if the lyrics are in English, uh, but you can just kind of tell, you know, through how they're, uh, you know, singing or whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it's one of those records that a lot of blogs and, and, and people on these blogs that I frequent online are calling it a masterpiece, you know, one of those that... If this is your thing, then, you know, this is going to be one of your favorite records ever, maybe. It's not quite that level for me, but I do think it is a strange and intriguing journey into uh, black metal cheesy madness. So, yeah. Uh, check it out. <laughs> or don't. I understand if you don't, but it would be cool if you did. So, coming in at number five for April 2023, we have Dot Guard, maybe it's pronounced differently, with Black Medium Current. And that is currently my number five pick. Number four, so I, I, like, I think this is an EP, 
<laughs> I've seen it listed as an EP. I've seen it uh, not listed as an EP. Um, but let's say it's an EP, and thus I can give it the official first EP sighting of PH5 for 2023. So shout out to them. Um, number four is Portrayal of Guilt Devil Music. I love the, uh, the just on-the-nose way that this band names their records. Um, like, the first one I remember listening to, Let Suffering Be Your Guide, or Let Pain Be Your Guide, or something like that. And then, uh, you know, the big one from a few years ago, We're Always Alone. Um, then later on that year, they followed it up with uh, the subtly titled Christ Fucker. I'm just saying the name of the album, okay? Like, don't get mad at me, Mom. That's just what it's called. And now this one's called Devil Music. So, uh, you know, I respect this band's commitment to... Uh, you know, the bit. They're, they're really, they're all in on what they do. And uh, it's no different on this record. So this is a very interesting album because it's essentially comprised of five songs. But the five songs are presented in traditional, you know, portrayal of guilt-esque, whatever the fuck you want to call that genre. Um, you know, they've really kind of created their own sound at this point, like a mix of screamo, black metal, crust punk, just really nasty stuff. And the songs are good, they're great, you know? Um, Betrayal of Guild really is one of the most solid heavy bands out there right now. Um, very consistent, very reliable. But what's, what makes this kind of an interesting record, not just for them, but for heavy music in general, is, so you get the, the five songs in traditional band format or whatever, and then the second half of the record is the same five songs again, but the instruments have been replaced with strings and kind of uh, almost orchestral percussion. The vocals are more or less the same, um, but it's kind of like, kind of like orchestral reimaginings of the songs. And it sounds gimmicky, um, and it sounds like something that probably wouldn't work, usually, but it's actually quite compelling. Um, and it's weird how well it works. It's, it's not the direction that you'd think they'd go in, and it's once you kind of hear what it is, it doesn't sound like what you're expecting either. Um, the, you know, the, the string sections and, and the second half of the album is really recorded in a similarly raw and dirty way as the first half is. Um, and it's really interesting to hear, you know, violins and, and, and whatever the hell else is being used here recorded in this almost punk way. Um, you know, you're so used to, I guess we'll say, classier, quote-unquote, um, higher art instruments being recorded in such a pristine, crystalline way, but that's not the case here. It's, 
retains that same dark edginess as the first half. Um, and it's cool. Um, also, I want to just talk about the the album art because this month has uh, easily two of my favorite album art pieces of the year so far, this record being one of them. If uh, you get a chance, I'd highly recommend just taking a minute and uh, looking up the album art for this record because it is, it's crazy. It's really, really cool and it's one of these kind of pieces that really kind of hammers home to me that, you know, AI can do a lot, but AI will never be able to make something like this. It's obviously hand-drawn um, with, I don't know, pen or something like that. And it, it is just, it's, it's beautiful in a really, really disgusting, disturbing way. Um, yeah, so one of my favorite album art, art, album arts of the year so far, maybe my favorite actually. And the other one I'll talk about a little bit later. But anyway, album art aside, it's a really cool, interesting spin on heavy music from a band that is always trying to push the envelope for what heavy music can do and what it can be. So coming in at number four, we have Portrayal of Guilt, Devil Music. So, number three for the month is Jesse Ware. That feels good. You have to say it like that due to the uh, the, the punctuation used um, in the title. You'll see what I'm talking about if you actually look it up to see for yourself. Uh, so, Jesse Ware is a really fascinating story. Um, she kind of came on the scene in the early 2010s as kind of like a, a featured featured vocalist for um, a lot of kind of upcoming UK electronic producers. Um, she was on the Subtract record. Just, just one of those like, you know, diva house women who um, has amazing voices that just sound great over dance beats, um, specifically UK garage and, you know, real dubstep kind of stuff. But on her own, she kind of struggled to put out, uh, how should I put this, music that wasn't very boring. Um, I'm sure she would almost admit it herself. And after... You know, a few kind of underwhelming record releases and a completely miserable failed North American tour where she lost a shit ton of money. Uh, she basically decided to quit music. Um, spent a few years kind of just doing whatever. And uh, then something happened. She got re-inspired. And... She came back on the scene with 2020's What's Your Pleasure, an album that ended up being 
I would say the most pleasant surprise of the year in terms of music. Definitely one of my favorite records from that year. Um, a lot of people's favorite records from that year. Uh, saw Jesse kind of taking on disco and uh, just kind of throwing the clock back with a lot of the music that she started making. And the music was fun, it was sexy, and it was really well done. It, it managed to sound like she was having fun. And I think this was a problem that Jessie Ware had before, was the music seemed very kind of sterile and she just didn't really seem like she was having fun, you know? She always had a great voice, but um, you know, it was just a little bit boring and not memorable. But you could tell for What's Your Pleasure, she really just loosened up and wanted to make music that was fun, playful, and just a good time. Good time for her recording it and good time for the people listening to it. So that came out, everyone loved it, and all of a sudden Jessie Ware was bigger than she's ever been. So here we are three years later, and it would not make sense for Jessie to reinvent her sound again, because what she did on that record was just such an obvious hit and worked so well. So on this record, we really see her kind of doubling down on that kind of disco revival sound, um, and just having more fun than ever, I'd say. So, What's Your Pleasure, I think, is still definitely the better album. Um, feels like there's a little bit more going on in that record. Uh, but needless to say, this record is also fantastic. It's much leaner, only 10 songs coming in at 40 minutes. Uh, which I think has its, you know, pros and cons. There's not nearly enough, you know, lean, concise records these days, as artists more and more are just trying to game the streaming system. Uh, so you have to respect her for, you know, keeping it short and quick and dirty. But it, it doesn't quite have the substance, I find, that What's Your Pleasure had. Um, there are no songs like In Your Eyes, for example, which is kind of this almost transcendent song that takes you to another place. Uh, this, the focus on this record is dancing. And, I mean, most of the songs are just about dancing. Um, so, it's kind of a very surface-level record, which, again, I, I don't want to say is a bad thing, because the record is a great time. Um, you know, I played it last night at the party, people were loving it, you know, it'll be a hit in that kind of sense. It's, it's music to just dance to and have a good time to and not think too much about, which is great, but... Sorry about the siren. It's quite loud. Oh, little horn action. It's the fun of living in Moss Park, Toronto. It's still going. Yep, still going. Eh, there you go. Oh, there it is again. Yep, 
Go on. Oh, oh, it's another one. Okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry, folks. Uh, as I was saying, it's it's a record meant for simple pleasures. You know, it's right there in the title. That feels good. So why deny something that feels good? And this is a record that undeniably feels good. I'd say it feels great. It's a fun listen. Um, doesn't quite reach the highs of What's Your Pleasure, but that was almost a lightning in a bottle occurrence that, you know, it's a miracle that that record even came out, that that record even happened. So I'm just glad that she's still in her disco bag, having a great time, making these amazing songs that are going to bring the party to life. And uh, shout out to my favorite song, the record, Freak Me Now. That beat is just to die for. Um, if you're ever feeling down, throw that, throw that track on, you're good, you know? It's an instant game changer, mood changer, life changer. Anyway, coming in at number three for April 2023, we have Jesse Ware with That Feels Good. Again, the, I, I'm not just saying that to be a tool. I mean, it's partially why I'm doing it to be a tool, but it's not entirely why. Look up the punctuation and uh, you'll see for yourself. Okay, mention time. These are the mentions. Alright, let's start off with the dishonorable mention. You know, get all the bad shit out of the way. Is that how I usually do it? I don't know, maybe it's not. Whatever, we're gonna start with the dishonorable mention today. Get this negativity out of my system, you know? So we can just have fun for the rest of the episode. So, the dishonorable mention for April 2023, and just want to start off by saying sorry to my good friend Anchor for this one, but the dishonorable mention is Metallica 72 Seasons. Um, it's not even that it's a bad record, you know? Because it's not. I mean, like... The thing is, if you like Metallica, still, <laughs> you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna like this, because it's exactly what you think it's gonna be. Um, you know, ever since St. Anger, they've been kind of trying to right the ship by kind of rehashing their 80s thrash sound. And that's what they did on Hardwired to Self-Destruct. That's what they did on Death Magnetic. And that's what they're doing again on this one. So, if that sounds cool to you, that's great. But the thing is that Metallica, and I get it, they're old guys now. You know, you can't really expect too much of them at this point. But, you know, a Apart from that, well, including that kind of classic trilogy of, of thrash records from the 80s, um, you know, you, you gotta consider the Black Album too. You gotta consider, uh, like, the Load era, which, you know, 
was controversial and has its naysayers, but this was a band that took creative risks. You know, this was a band that, you know, think about the Black Record. Incorporated ballads and, and strings and, and all these kinds of things. The songwriting was fantastic. And to see them just kind of go back to the thrash style, it's just so, so, so safe. And that's what this record is. It's just the safest version of a Metallica album that you can possibly expect. You, like, think about what you think this album sounds like, and that's exactly what it sounds like, you know? It's Metallica on autopilot. It's, it's Metallica could write these songs in their sleep. Maybe they did. Again, they're old guys. They need lots of naps. Um, so it's just... I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to say it's disappointing, because again, what do you expect? This is a band that, you know, it's, they're one of the most popular bands of all time. Um, they're old, they're kind of in their legacy era now, where they're basically just cranking out songs for the fans, so they can introduce a few new ones into their tours, and, you know, just go back to playing all their old hits. But I just remember I went to the this premiere event for the record, which I had a great time at, you know? Nice to see my boys, hang out with them. But sitting there and, and watching and listening to this album from start to finish, God, it was it was very boring. It was a very boring experience because again, you knew exactly what every song was gonna sound like. And it's exactly what every song sounded like. Uh, and the thing is so long, too. It feels like it's like three hours long or something like that. Because in their old age, they've forgotten how to edit. And every song on this record could use at least three or four minutes of editing. Realistically. Um, but you know what? What do I know? What the fuck do I know? You know? I'm just some guy recording my podcast, my stupid little podcast in my, you know, one bedroom apartment in Toronto. Meanwhile, these guys are multi-millionaires, touring the world, seeing it all. Um, so clearly they know what they're doing much better than I ever could. So who the fuck am I to say, you know? Metallica, do your thing. Clearly it's working. So, coming in at the dishonorable mention for April 2023, we've got Metallica 72 Seasons. Now, for the mention, um, the record is going to be Jesus Peace with dot dot dot, So Unknown. Great title. I love it. So, this was one of the bands that I saw back at that hardcore show that I mentioned um, in last month's episode. And this is a band that basically exists for the live show. And exists to get people as fucking raged out and moshing as hard as they possibly can. Um, like, that is the point of this band. So, when you have a band like that, 
listening to a record by them is kind of an interesting experience because, you know, it makes sense in the context of the live show in, you know, the sweaty clubs surrounded by flailing bodies. Like, you know, makes total sense seeing Aaron Hurd up there on stage with his shirt off and his, you know, bulging muscles just completely shredding the mic and, you know, turning the place upside down. Crazy experience. If you ever get the chance to see Jesus Peace live, you have to see it because it is one of the most intense live shows that you'll ever witness. But on record, it's like, okay, how exactly does that intensity translate into the studio? How does that intensity translate into, you know, you just listening to this thing on your headphones or, or whatever it might be? And the answer is, is not that easy. Um, so I think last year, or maybe it was the year before, I talked a little bit about this idea of functional music, um, specifically in regards to the John Hopkins record that he released a few years ago. Um, it was like music for psychedelic therapy or something like that. It was a collection of ambient tunes that he had made that he created specifically as, like, kind of guiding music through a psychedelic trip, um, you know, meant to be a positive healing experience. And it just kind of made me think of this idea of music that exists as a function, you know, not just music for the sake of music, but music with a purpose that, you know, is meant to almost accompany something. And I think that for a record like this, almost that same logic applies. I find this to be what I would call functional music in a completely different sense than the John Hopkins record. And it's actually quite, quite the opposite sense. Um, this is now my go-to workout record because it's just so heavy, so brutal, so intense. And it, this shit just fires you up, you know? It's obviously not quite the same level of energy as the live experience, but they really try their best to get there and recreate that. And the gym is just the perfect setting for this kind of music. Um, it makes you want to run harder and it makes you want to lift more and it makes you want to, you know, just push yourself as hard as you possibly can. Um, but in any other context, it's a... Uh, it's it's yeah it's weird to listen to this record because it's like it's it's a record that demands your energy but if you're you know just like sitting on the streetcar listening to it like you can't really give it what it's asking of you so this is i think just another interesting example of functional music um music that you can use to enhance an experience. So, this experience obviously being the gym, um, but seriously, go check this band out live if you ever get a chance, because uh, they'll rip your face off. So the on, uh, sorry, not the honorable, the mention for the month of April 2023, we have Jesus Peace So Unknown.
the honorable mention for April 2023 is the record HNPM. Uh, you can look up what that stands for in your own time. Thank you very much. By Jim Legacy. So, I guess this is kind of like a mixtape more than a record. But what Jim Legacy is doing is, uh, it's very interesting to me. Uh, it's just a fascinating mix of kind of emo, and I'm talking about like, you know, Midwestern emo, you know, that kind of, you know, twinkly guitar kind of shit. Mix of that with like, Afro pop and like rap, I guess, but not in this way, not in like the like pop punk hip hop that's really, really popular um, and has been for a while. It's a completely new take on it, you know? Because um, you got to remember when, when most people think of emo, they think of they're think what they're actually thinking about is pop punk, but what emo actually is is you know these bands like you know American Football, um, bands that kind of have that softness to them, if that makes sense. Um, so what he's doing here is he's taking the kind of twinkly guitar-driven emo and, and melodic vocal lines and he's mixing it with these afropop beats and most interestingly really fascinating choices of samples so he draws on a lot of like 2000s era pop samples to kind of create entirely new songs of his own and it's this interesting kind of play on nostalgia and, but it also sounds incredibly new and distinct at the same time. Um, it's just kind of a showcase of how I think hip-hop itself is still such a new young genre in so many ways. Um, and we're still finding ways to be innovative within it. And recently, you know, there's been a bit of stagnation in that genre, I think. But with this new approach that Jim Legacy is kind of taking, he's, he's pushing the genre again in, in an interesting new direction. Um, and I think there's, it's quite fertile ground that he's mining right now. It's hard to explain. I admittedly haven't listened to the record too much. It still does feel very much like a, a work in progress. Um, these kind of concepts and ideas that he has. But it's a really, really intriguing direction. And I think maybe in the next few years, this guy is going to put out an absolutely phenomenal groundbreaking record this isn't quite it yet um but listening to this you can you can hear hints of what could be and i find that really exciting so 
Coming into the honorable mention is Jim Legacy HNPM. Again, you can look up what that stands for in your own time. And those are the mentions. These are the mentions. Okay. So, now, for the number two and number one records for this month, uh, I, I struggled to determine which would be which, because any other month... I think these would be number one records in their own right. But, you know, simultaneously very lucky and very unlucky that these two incredible records, um, both album of the year contenders for me so far, uh, happened to come out the same month. And because I've kind of uh, pigeonholed myself into this ridiculous format for this podcast... I had to choose one to be number two, and I had to choose one to be number one. So I did land upon this eventual ranking, but I, I want the listeners out there to know that it was it was difficult to choose, and I truly do believe that these are two number one records, if that makes sense. But the number one, I will say, does slightly edge out the number two. But, hey, that's me now. Maybe that'll change. Maybe number two will end up as my favorite record of the year at the end of the day. It's that good. So, the number two record for April 2023 is No Highs by Tim Hecker. Um, alert, 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 alert. Ambient music is being taken over by corporate culture, folks. It sucks. Thanks a lot, Spotify. But ambient music, a genre which used to be so rich with artistic expression and exploration, has now kind of just become a monetized corporate, AI-produced, faceless, meaningless background music because of these large music conglomerates. And real ambient artists are not happy about it. (laughs) So this record from Tim Hecker is him kind of taking a stance against this, you know, pleasant, monochromatic, uh, you know, kind of pointless ambient music that is just being churned out as playlist fodder. Um, This is ambient music with a purpose. This is ambient music with direction and force. And, you know, a lot of ambient music is meant to be, you know, almost like a soothing accompaniment background noise. This is ambient music that absolutely demands your attention. There's nothing soothing about any of this on here. Um, In fact, a lot of the soundscapes that Tim Hecker has created on this record are uh, quite unsettling at times. And, I mean, there's literally a song called Anxiety on here. Uh, (laughs) And it's an apt title. He, uh, He really 
taps into this feeling of unease and, 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 and stress. And it, it's just, it makes so much sense. And it's such a, a, a perfect kind of anti-ambient music because shit isn't cool, you know? Shit is quite fucked up everywhere, all over the place. And to, you know, churn out this light, fluffy, ambient, it, it almost acts as a political statement, I think. Uh, you know, like, oh, everything's fine. Just listen to this nice, soothing music and just forget about all the trouble of the world. Uh, and this is Tim Hecker's way of saying, no, fuck that, okay? Um, the world is a messed up place and ambient music should be reflecting the state of that, not disguising the state of it. So, using who knows what the hell this guy is using on this record, I'm gonna assume some kind of synths. That seems like a safe assumption. Uh, Tim creates these dissonant kind of really just, yeah, uneasy soundscapes that really demand your attention and, and bring you in and kind of gets under your skin as you're listening to it. And it's just absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, definitely my favorite electronic record of the year. And again, a, a contender for album of the year for me, just because of how uh, kind of it's hard to make ambient music that's visceral but that's precisely what he's done here and uh, it's it's really impressive and uh, my favorite song in the record the last song I was explaining this to my friend how I've just been very captivated by this track for so long um, the song is called Living Spa Water and I would just listen to it over and over again, trying to like wrap my head around this idea of living spa water and trying to figure out how is it possible that I'm listening to this now and the title living spa water makes so much sense for what I'm hearing. Um, it just shows kind of the power of when you have instrumental music, the power of suggestion that the titles can have. Um, I mean, the song by itself, if I didn't know what it was called, I would still really enjoy it. It is this, it, it, it this is almost as soothing as it gets on the record, but there's still something kind of creepy and off about it. Um, and it's a really compelling listen on its own. But when you kind of add the title, Living Spa Water, and you think about that when you're listening to it, it just kind of takes you to this completely new place. This kind of mystical world where such thing exists as Living Spa Water. And it, you can see it, you can hear it, you can completely visualize what Tim is referring to um, when you listen to this song. And that's really impressive. Like, it's impressive that he would 
think of this idea of living spa water, it's impressive that he would manage to create something that sounds like what that would be. Um, anyway, Tim is a, a master. He's truly one of the best at what he does. Um, he's got countless great records under his belt, and this is yet another addition to um, I'd say one of ambient electronic music's finest producers of his generation. So, coming in at number two for April 2023, we have Tim Hecker, No Highs. And last but not least, the number one record of April 2023. Um... Another album of the year contender, and honestly, I think this one is going to be hard to beat. We have Bellwitch with, bear with me, Future Shadow Part 1, The Clandestine Gate. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful. Uh, but, you know, these metal guys, they love their words. Um, so... Bellwitch is one of my favorite bands. Bellwitch put out a record in 2017 called Mirror Reaper that is one of my all-time favorite records, and it's almost become like a meme among my friends um, how much I love Mirror Reaper. Mirror Reaper is a single 83-minute-long song. Um... It was recorded shortly after uh, the death of one of the band members. And the album, well, the song, the album, whatever you want to call it itself, is a meditation on death and a meditation on time. And it is truly one of the most emotional experiences you can have uh, with any piece of art that's out there, just generally. It is, uh, it is a monumental work. It is, it is absolutely crushing to listen to. Um, I saw them live shortly after the album came out, and they played Mirror Reaper in full. And I remember I cried four different times during the set just because of how intensely emotional the experience was. I'm telling you, like, Mirror Reaper means a lot to me. Um, it's just a special record. It's really special. So, it was going to be hard for them to follow that one up. <laughs> and I think Mirror Reaper has become kind of a classic at this point in a lot of underground communities. Especially in the doom metal world. Just because of how it truly took the genre to its most logical extreme with a single 83 minute long song riffs that stretched out for minutes on end and again just intensely intensely emotional music the i guess it's a bass the bass solo in the middle of mirror reaper i think is one of the most emotional climaxes to anything ever. It's like, it, 
oh, I can't even put to words how just insane. If you can sit there and you can listen to Mirror Reaper and get to that point where uh, that climax happens, it's unlike anything else that you've ever experienced. It's just insane. Anyway, I'm, I haven't even talked about this new record yet. But I needed to really set the stage for you to understand that this band is very important to me. Uh, their last official full length is one of my all-time favorites. So I had very, very high hopes for this. And the fact that I am talking about how this could be my album of the year, how this is easily number one, well, not easily because Tim Hecker almost took the spot too. But that's more to... That's more about Tim Hecker than it is about this record. Means that... Somehow they actually managed to come back with a record that might even be better than Mirror Reaper. So... The Clandestine Gate is another 83 minute long song. Um, what's interesting about this one is that, again, in the title, it's part one of what will be a trilogy of records called Future Shadow. So, if you can fathom this, this is just part one of the song. So, when all is said and done, if they actually manage to pull this off and release it, Future Shadow will be a four-hour-long song. <laughs> Which is crazy. I don't know. that. That's. I think that's a record. I mean, I'm sure there's some stupid, you know, classical song out there that's longer than that. But in terms of modern music, I'm, I think Bellwitch might take the cake uh, with a four-hour-long song. But again, we're not, we're not thinking about that. Right now, we just have part one to digest, the clandestine gate. So, it obviously takes a lot of cues from Mirror Reaper. Again, super, super slow doom metal. Um, you know, same personnel involved. Uh, it's just the drummer and the bassist. Uh, but they've incorporated They've incorporated a little bit more into the mix now. Uh, for example, the record starts out with organ. And it's this eight minutes of organs to kind of start you off, to kind of get you in that mood. So immediately off the bat, Bellwitch is telling us things are going to be a little bit different this time around. And that's definitely the case. While it is very similar in a lot of ways to Mirror Reaper, there are a few very notable differences that set this record apart um, and it'll take probably a few listens to really grasp those. I remember my first listen I was kind of like what this is just Mirror Reaper again but that's really not the case. Again you, you really need to sit with this one and digest it because it's an 83 minute long song so uh, it, it'll take a few listens for it to really sink in but I think the main defining feature of this record that separates it from Mirror Reaper is Mirror Reaper was a record that really came from the heart. 
again, it was a record very inspired by the sudden passing of one of the band members. And because of that, emotion is ultimately what kind of guided the experience of that record. Um, a lot of parts are kind of repeated ad nauseum to really just hone that emotional effect that they have. And it works for Mirror Reaper. It does. Um, the kind of, you know, repetitive nature of that record is kind of the point. But while that record was very much guided from the heart, this is a record that feels a little bit more from the head. It's It feels a little bit more thought out. Um, there's not as many repetitive parts. There are a lot more kind of distinct passages. Um, and it doesn't rely so much on, you know, kind of cycling through the same riffs the way that Mirror Reaper did. Um, it's a lot more dynamic than Mirror Reaper, incorporating a lot more sounds, a lot more interesting kind of mixing decisions as well. Um, and it's a record that really, I think, demands your attention a lot more than Mirror Reaper does. Mirror Reaper was about getting lost in the sorrow that this band was experiencing. But this record is about, like, how do I explain this? Tuning in to try to determine this story that they're trying to tell. And by the way, this is the other album art that I'm completely obsessed with from this month. Um, and taking a look at the album art, you get a bit of a sense of what this album is about. Um, Future Shadow. It's a, it's a very apocalyptic record. It feels very much about the passage of time marching towards this inevitable end that humankind, Earth, will experience in whatever form that may take. It's still very emotional, for sure, but it's more calculated, more thought out, and yeah. If you read along with the lyrics as well, it has, the lyrics for this thing are absolutely stunning. Um, I, I'm not a lyric guy at all, not my thing, but I obviously had to check out the lyrics for this, and it is absolute poetry. It's beautiful stuff. You won't be able to make any of it out when you're listening to it, because it's either kind of almost monistic chanting, or, you know, death metal growling. So you're not actually going to be able to hear what anyone's saying. But it's worth reading along to just understand the, the, the artistry and, and, and the poetry of this music that they're making. Uh, I really believe that these guys are, are true artists. Um, it's, it's just beautiful stuff. It's so heavy at times, but it's also not heavy at times. It's it, it it it's the ultimate bell witch experience. 
And it's so exciting to me that this is only part one of two more parts to come. Because I think these guys are operating right now at a creative peak. And the fact that we're going to get two more records like this one that are, you know, presumably going to be just as good is, is super exciting stuff. So, coming in at number one, shout out to Bellwitch. They truly are absolute masters of the form. We have Bellwitch with Future Shadow Part 1, The Clandestine Gate. Uh, couldn't recommend it more. Even if this kind of style of music isn't your thing, just throw it on and, 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 and experience it so you can understand kind of the majesty of what it is that they're doing. And there's no one in the world doing anything remotely like this right now. And not even remotely as good as the way that they're doing it. Anywho, that's going to do it for PH5, April 2023. Um, looks like we're coming in at under an hour, which is shocking. I should maybe record more of these episodes hungover uh, for the sake of brevity for you guys. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, I'm going to go have a nap. And uh, I'll check you next time. I won't be so late next time. Again, sorry about that. Um, extenuating circumstances, etc., etc. Believe it or not, but uh, there's a little bit more to my life than sitting around twiddling my thumbs for the next time I can record this podcast. As much as I truly do love doing it. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you later. This is Phil May, signing off.